Welcome to Good Dudes Grow Podcast, where we explore the stories and careers of some of the most iconic figures in sports. Today, we're excited to have the NFL great Marvin Washington join us. He'll be sharing his experiences on the field as well as his advocacy for medical cannabis use. Stay tuned for an inside look at the life of this true legend. Five, four, three, two, one. This is the Good Dudes Grow 2.0. The importance of plant-based medicine and psychedelics on mental and physical health. We're bringing you stories of how these medicines have changed lives and can save lives. We want to teach you the healing power of plant-based medicine. This is the Good Dudes Grow 2.0. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Good Dudes Grows podcast. I'm your host, Gary Roberts. We're here with a Awesome guest. Uh, I'm so glad he's decided to actually jump on with us. Uh, he's had an, an amazing NFL career. Uh, he's won the Super Bowl. He's uh, an advocate for the use uh, of, of cannabis in, in the uh, treatment for CTE. Uh, on my show, I have the one and only great Marvin Washington. Sir, thank you for coming to our show. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, anytime I get an opportunity to spread the message about plant-based medicine and athletes I always try to take advantage of it. So I thank you for uh, having me on your show. I love to bring athletes on my show for the simple reason is uh, me as a first responder, uh, I kind of understand how athletes are trying to gain access to it and it's difficult. It's still stigmatized. You know, it's extremely difficult. Your career uh, depends on being mentally fit, physically fit, you know, and as you get injured throughout your career, you kind of see, you know, it goes down a wrong path, like it goes down a path of, of opiates and then addiction may rise from, from those points on. And coming from a background to where I lost my daughter from an opiate addiction, you know, I understand that we definitely need to change, you know, the way we treat, treat stuff like that. But I always like to talk to NFL players because I'm amazed on how, a, first of all, you get to the NFL, the, the, the mental and physical fortitude has to get there. So try and tell us a little bit about the importance and preparation during your time as an NFL player, how you had to keep physically fit and mentally fit and what that kind of entailed? Well, you know, when you get to the NFL, you're talking about the cream of the crop because you go from a progression of uh, most guys in high school, they're pretty dominant and they're rare and you get to college and then you, you see there's a, a lot of athletes. And then when you get to NFL, it's the cream of the crop. So everybody can pretty much do what you can do. And so what distinguishes you Number one is your preparation. You know, you always have to prepare. They always tell you, you know, your playbook because the first time you hit uh, their facility, uh, the next day you're probably going to hit the field, and they want to know what you want to know how you uh, prepare, study, and 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 the intake on the information they give you. So you have to be prepared mentally and physically because there's not that much difference in talent. You know, so if you're unprepared then the guy that's going to be prepared, they'll go with him because everybody's counting on a fair player. So a coach can't count on him. You're counting about his job and his family and the people even upstairs, the president, the general manager, whatever. So they're counting on you. So that's very important, number one, to be prepared mentally. And number two, be prepared physically. As I was telling somebody the other day, it's like, I was never one of those guys that had weight clause in my contract and all this. I always came in, 
in shape and I tried to stay in shape because that was my, my, my job. Now I'm just trying to, uh, <laughs> live a long time and be healthy. <laughs> are, are we all? So, so you were a defensive player and what kind of strategies did you have to kind of like outdo your opponents? Cause I'm always amazed on how, how defensive players can overcome sometimes some of the, the larger, you know, offensive players that are protecting the quarterback. What kind of strategies did you use? Well, you know, it's being is in the best shape as you can to be mentally prepared and knowing what they're going to do. It's not like college where, you know, you run in a different offense. One guy might run a spread, might, one guy might be running a run and shoot. The NFL generally runs the same offense. So you know from film study and your preparation what's going to come out that formation. And then you count on your defense coordinator and your defensive line, your defensive coaches to give you a schematic advantage with knowing where they're going because offensive line know where they're going before the ball snap. They don't know where you're going. So you can either slant, you can rush up field, you can do a bunch of different things to give you a somatic advantage. And then you take advantage of it physically and you might get beat, you know, that first play, second play, but there's 70 more plays. You got to keep going. And as a defense alignment, you know, if you play 70 plays and got one sack, you think you had a good game, but you know, you play, you, you, you do your job and make a few plays, man. And that's how you get a, a, an advantage of the players being prepared and hoping your coaches give you a schematic scheme advantage. Uh, you know, there's a lot of football movies out there. You see a whole bunch of, like, I got to ask this because this is off the cuff. You see a lot of smack talking between the two lines. Is that, is that really go on? Do you kind of like whisper a little, little stuff to the person in front of you? <laughs> it's like, you know, the, the further you, w- you go away from the ball, the more smack that was talk. We got to go run out with the, uh, with, with the receivers and the running backs and, and, and the linebackers kind of going after with the, uh, with, with, with the running backs and receivers. But offensive D line, I mean, very little talking because we're getting each other each play. You know what I'm saying? And I used to get up upset at my, uh, at my DBs when they were talking smack to an offensive line. It's like, dude, I got it. It's going to hit me the next one. <laughs> we got something going here, man. We're being competitive, trying to win. But it's not getting personal and, and what have you. But the further you got away from from, from the ball, receivers, defensive backs, they would talk. But in the trenches, you're going to hit this guy at 70 plays a game. So just step up and do your job. Very <laughs> little smack talking there. <laughs> I, I had to ask. Um, so like I said in the intro, you're you're a, you're an advocate for the use of cannabis and CBD to help fight, you know, CTE, CTE and stuff. Tell us a little bit more about your experience of the using use of medical cannabis on the field and off the field and how it's changed? Well, let me say this, is that, you know, I'm, 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 a, I'm not a big THC guy. I'm a whole plant advocate. Uh, I, I smoked uh, cannabis in, in high school, but my thing is, you know, that's what I don't get. Like, uh, go to Colorado and you get medical side and uh, adult use side. And what's separated, it's a line down the middle of the store, but it's the same product. Nobody's getting... Nobody's smoking cannabis, taking cannabis just to do it. Everybody's trying to feel good. Everybody's trying to feel better. So to me, cannabis is medicine. And that's what the way I see it. And listening to some of my teammates, former teammates and compadres talk about it, I know that it works. And I know that it works for me, whether I'm doing uh, a tincture of, of, of full spectrum, um, 
uh, a, a full spectrum tincture or I'm doing isolate of, of CBD or what have you, I know that it's, it's work and, and it's medicine. And this is what I've been advocating for because of football, you know, and the pharmaceuticals and the benzodiazepines that these players are poisoning themselves with. It, that spigot doesn't turn off when guys just stop playing. If they can learn to advocate, me medicate with something that's natural, that, that comes from the earth, that doesn't have any hard side effects, any addictive qualities. So that's why I want to introduce them because this is the way we've been medicating for thousands of years. So I always say we're going to go back to the future because, you know, you had a personal experience with it and we can't keep going down this synthetic pharmaceutical path that we're going on because we've lost a generation where we're losing people, man. We, we, we want to go forward. And I think the only way we're going to go forward is going back to the future. And I think you're seeing that with uh, plant-based medicine, uh, people doing their own uh, gardens and community gardens, and even people are switching over to vegan uh, vegan and vegetarians and pescatarians and plant-based foods that they're coming out with. We're going back to that. We have to get back to that. I couldn't agree with more. And that was one of the biggest things uh, I was battling with was the education and the fire department of we're not in it just to get high. You know, we have access to alcohol and other stuff to do whatever we want to get to get all messed up. You know, that's not the reason we're trying to implement these, these new rules or or actually what I'm trying to do is change the the testing process where they're no longer testing just for a metabolite, where they're testing more for an active THC so that first responders, police officers, military can get access while they're still on duty to the new, the federally legal substance or isolates or, or whatever they can get without worrying about their careers or their, their retirements. Same thing. It, it, it's, it's the same thing. You don't want a, a guy playing uh, impaired, but if after a game, uh, he's using it to feel better. And it, like when I played, it was sort of like the dark ages in the 90s, right? And we had guys who were smoking as much as they smoke now, but guys didn't realize they were smoking to feel better and, 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 and as an anti-inflammatory and anti-anxiety and help them rest and help them recover. You know, they were doing that back then and guys are still doing it now. They're a little smarter now, but I like to see the NFL embrace it and lead the way because the NFL is the biggest sports league in the world. You know, they, they, own, uh, they own the holiday on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if the NFL can lead it, it's going to bring all the other um, leagues along with it. And, you know, it's going to take a long time for that big ship to turn into ocean. But it's happening, you know, with, 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 with the NHL, Major League Baseball, having endorsement from, from cannabis companies and what have you. So it's happening. You know, when I got into this space in 2013, or 2013-14, it was a matter of, of, of if, if, if. Now it's just a matter of when they're going to do it. Now I think it's, progress is happening, not as fast as we would like the people that are in it, you know, and advocating for it, but it's, it's going to happen. Definitely, definitely. Couldn't agree more. And, and I, I believe uh, we're building out a facility out in Costa Rica to do, actually do treatment uh, on treatment education or re and clinical research on cannabis and psychedelics to help uh, concussion therapy, PTSD, mental health. And I think by developing hey, more. Gary, let me know, man. <laughs> let me know. <laughs> I'll send you some information afterwards. Don't come, man. I get you a bunch of guys. I get you a bunch of guys. I'm out. Man. Yeah, definitely. I, I've. I've talked with Jim McMahon. He he's he supported us. You know, I know you and speaking with Jim, you and Jim did did have a lawsuit against the uh, were participated in the lawsuit against the NFL 
for the use of cannabis for, for conditions like CTE. Tell us a little bit more about that. Well, actually, the lawsuit that, that I found was against the DOJ. Um, oh. It was found back in 2018, and everybody said it was Sessions versus Washington because I was the lead plaintiff. But it wasn't. It didn't matter to me. It was against the DOJ. And, you know, we took this all the way to um, the Supreme Court, and, it, and they chose not to hear it, which was going to be a long shot anyway because the Supreme Court gets thousands of cases each year they only hear about him. But we got the farthest that anybody's got. We got a district court, a uh, federal district court, to, to, to admit that cannabis has medicinal benefits. Uh, we, we got it all the way to the to appellate court, and then we got it to the Supreme Court. And our amicus brief, which were friends of the court, we had Hall of Famers, we had uh, A-listers, and these athletes, and every uh, all these cannabis or, uh, organizations that put the push behind us. So I felt like that kind of pushed the ball forward down the field. And even while that lawsuit was going, you saw like the NFL finally get over their prohibited humiliating deal where they're finding guys and suspending guys and whatever. They now they have a, a sensible cannabis program. It's not there, but they move the ball. So now you're not seeing guys get suspended for four games for having you know, THC in, in their system and, and it's been public and they're being fined or whatever. They're not even tested for because it's it's not addictive. It's, it's not harmful. It's not, not whatever. So I felt like all that coming together over the last four or five years is moving the ball down the field and until we get touched out, you know, my right. thing now is to get bacon in the cannabis. Right. Yeah. Well, the, you know, you know what, what's funny about it? This is what we're battling in the fire department. And I'm sure that we are still battling in, in, in the NFL and other industries. Yeah, you know, I'm in Florida. Okay. 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 Yeah, you're battling. Yeah. Yeah. So, you, you know, the problem is, is this testing procedures, because like I said in the beginning, the testing tests a metabolite. And I know the NCAA increased their, their, their thresholds up to about 150, 100. Just, just because of the, the secondhand smoke, what most people don't understand, we won't get high on secondhand smoke, but inhaling secondhand smoke or something could create our bodies to create the metabolites that these urinalysis tests are actually testing for. So in states that are, like you said, Colorado, that are recreational, this, you're always walking into somewhere, especially for like firefighters who are walking into a patient who has medical cannabis or we're, we're fighting a fire on, on a uh, hemp shop. And we accidentally inhale. Next thing you know, we go to a random drug test next, the next day and boom, you pop. It's like, I have no idea what, what you're talking about. And that's what I was, I, I fought for our department. They actually finally changed the words in, in, in our contract that we're, we're negotiating right now to, it has to be a blood work with active THC. Not only does that protect us from fighting these fires or going or getting uh, illegitimate, um, losing our jobs for you know, a metabolite, but it also gives us access to the federal illegal CBD so that we can actually use a full spectrum product without worrying about being fired. So, so that, that hopefully that well, you would like to see all of society like that, particularly with the states that haven't gotten on board medical or, or adult use, you know, I have a sensible cannabis policy, particularly with people in public service, like first responders and officers and, and, and things of that, that nature. But also this is, what you want to see with athletes, because you don't get a, a DUI for having alcohol in your system. You get a DUI for having active alcohol in your system over a certain amount. So that's what that is. And that's what you would want to see with cannabis. But this thing is happening, man. And every fighter that's in this 
fight, it's, it's going to happen because I always equate it to Kitty Hall, you know, when Colorado and um, Oregon went up, that was like the Wright brothers taking off of Kitty Hall. That was 12 years ago. Yeah. 12 years ago, or 11 years ago, we're still twinning. We're still single. <laughs> They're pushing the plane down, 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 the, down, down the runway. We're going to get into the twin engine age. We're going to get into the jet age. We're going to get into the space age with this plant. But we have to start, keep, keep pushing along and continue on these fights because until then, um, there's always going to be this stigma and it's going to be held back. And this is something, like I said, we've been medicating for thousands of years, you know, and I can't wait till it's spread or illegal because I'm, I'm, I'm on the outside with this a little bit where everybody goes, oh, it's going to bring in big tobacco, big, big, big alcohol, this and now I understand that. But it's also going to bring the billion dollars of research and development. And we're going to see what all of these cannabinoids can do instead of just a few of them. So that's what's going to happen with, with this industry. But we still got to keep pushing because we're on uh, we're, we're still going uphill with this. We're going to get to the other side, but we get we got to keep pushing. All right. So. We're back after a little technical difficulties. You know, this is modern technology. It sometimes works. It sometimes does not. But again, Marvin, thank you for coming. What do you see the future of the cannabis industry and its relation to sports in the NFL and sports all total? What do you see the future coming down? I know you were talking a little bit about it before. Not only with the NFL, but all sports. Uh, I, I see them medicating and, and using it for treatment. Uh, this is medicine. This is a plan. It's anti-inflammatory. It's anti-anxiety. It's a lot of things that we don't even know uh, about that we're going to know about in the future. And I think it's going to be less of the uh, pharmaceuticals and the benzodiazepines, particularly the benzodiazepines and pharmaceuticals. Now, if you have an acute illness, uh, injury, yeah, you, you're going to use it. But I think they're going to have a, a, the treatment and different strains for uh, different treatment and medication for the, for, for the players. I, I, I see this is going to be fully integrated and we're going to look back in 20, 25, 30 years. Um, the future generations are going to look back at us and think we were cavemen, you know, and saying we, we have this the whole time. And the whole thing is, is that this is going to make players healthier and it's going to give them longer careers. And that's what, you know, your, your coaches want. And that's what your, um, the owners want and, and, and the fans want because some of these leagues are having longer seasons. So how do you keep these players healthy? You know, look for every way to keep them healthy. I believe that, you know, cannabis massages are going to be big. Uh, taking cannabis as an anti-inflammatory at practice pre and post workout recovery. I think it's going to be big. I think it's going to be the big, big for treatment of certain injuries to, to, to heal better. And uh, I can see this. This is the way it's, it's going to go because we're not going to be in 10, 15 years still on this benzodiazepine and, and pharmaceutical deal and trying to export the NFL overseas. I think it can solve the NFL's industrial disease apart, uh, the industrial disease, which is CTE, chronic traumatic encephalopathy. So it's going to be a, a, a big part of it. That I, I could agree more. You're doing a lot for the advocacy of all this. Tell us a little bit more about the importance of education and research on, uh, on this topic so that everybody understands and this, the plant gets destigmatized. I think education is a key, you know, because sometimes in this industry and, and in, in this space, you know, we kind of preach to the choir. 
and we, we talk to ourselves. But if you come, go to different states like Texas or go to the Midwest and you tell people that you're in cannabis, they're still clutching, clutching their pearls and, and things of that nature. But the thing is, it's just education. When you're around non-cannabis users, you have to educate them. You have to tell them about what this plant does and, and don't overhype it. You know, you don't have to lie and say it's the be all end all cure all. So Marvin, before the show, we went back and forth. We actually talked a little bit offline. You started microdosing with psilocybin, I believe, correct? Yeah. How, how has that been working or how did you decide to start that? Uh, I think psilocybin go to next moonshot. And, and I have a lot of friends in, in, that I've met in the cannabis community that, that do it. And they've been telling me about their experience with it. And one of the things on my bucket list of 2023 is to do the hero dose. But uh, in the meantime, um, just, you know, microdose. And for me, um, it's like oil for the tin med. It kind of gives me not the full reset, but uh, it makes sure that if that day I'm at 90% or 95%, that I'm at 100% or that 95%. You know, uh, and sometimes, you know, when, when, when I take it, it, you know, you take for three days, you take a and you go off for three days and then you come on. But, but sometimes I can hear, I can see the click in my mind of the reset and it gives me a burst of energy. You know, my energy is good. My clarity is good. And it, it works for me, you know. So if you want to go down that road, do your education, do your research before, you know, you, you jump in. And that's what helps for me. But I truly believe that's the, 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 the next moonshot, moonshot in plant-based medicine because a lot of athletes, a lot of people that, that are coming out of the military and uh, the theater war and what have you are, are trying this. And it seems to be helping. And there's plenty of groups that I'm aligned with that I know about that are using uh, uh, psychedelics. And so I'm, I'm definitely part of it because this is something that, that's been on Earth for millions of years. They've medicated with it, they've used it, and we, we need to um, get our heads around it. But we had our heads around it in the 60s. We, we, we were going up until, you know, Nixon came in in the 70s and, and cut off Dr. Levy's and all that program. Thank you, the one and only, the great Marvin Washington for coming on my show, sir. It's been awesome. For everybody out there, For if you don't know and are unsure, we do have a YouTube page called Good Dudes Grow Podcast. Go ahead. Look it up. You can actually see these videos live. You can see the guests live. You can do everything, including subscribe. The best thing would be actually subscribe because that actually helps our YouTube channel get more views, and we appreciate that. I'm your host, Gary Roberts. Everybody, have a safe day. If you're still listening to this, that means you gained some type of value. So what we need you to do is leave a review and make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode of The Good Dude Grow.